Welcome back to another episode of Everything Athletes. I'm your host, Kim Carducci, former Division I swimmer and existential thinker. I am so excited for today's episode because our guest has a very interesting and powerful approach to supporting high performers, and it all relates back to music. Rosie Mead is a music sociologist on a mission to get us using music every day to support our well-being. She runs a nonprofit called Musica Music and Wellbeing. She coaches athletes through the power of music. And she also hosts her own podcast show called Be Your Own DJ. And I will include all of her links on where you can find her in the show notes. So Rosie, welcome to the show. Lovely. Thanks for having me, Kim. It's really good to be on here. Yes. And you cover a topic that is so interesting to me. I am so curious about the work that you do because I myself love music. I'm so moved by music. Anytime you play the theme song to Finding Nemo, I, I cry. <laughs> so I totally get the power of music and emotions, but please introduce yourself and tell us a bit about the work you do with music. Yeah, so it's, yeah, I mean, there's so much to tell you. It's kind of, where do I begin? So (laughs) I've been working, and this might sound really strange. So I've been working in the field of dementia care for the last 11 years. And my background is in music psychology and music sociology and looking at how music can support people with dementia to to kind of improve communication, to support emotion, to support connections. And it was really kind of the first lockdown this time last year that I realized everything I've been learning about is applicable to all of us you know we we all to some degree kind of need that that form of connection to support our you know emotional aspects to support how we want to feel and I just started looking into well actually how can I apply this in a wider context and then I I can't remember why exactly I came onto the sports arena so my husband's a triathlete so Mm -hmm. that's kind of always been there and um and I think I just thought well actually how can music help us kind of to support our emotional sides to then be our best self and then looking at well actually where can this be applied and the sports world seemed like a great fit and the more that I researched and looked into this I realized actually there's there's really something there and like you're saying you know so many of us we know we know how music can make us feel but we often maybe don't know exactly what's happening when we're listening to music or the specific benefits or how we can apply it so that's where I've kind of really started to focus so it might seem like a a very kind of round the houses way to where I'm kind of currently am but there is like there is a direct link between yeah the research I've been doing in healthcare and kind of music health and well-being and then actually we'll yeah looking at why can't we just take that knowledge and then put it into how we can feel our best to then perform at our best and that's where the sports area comes in. Yes, and I couldn't agree more. I think it's directly applicable. If you think of, and I probably reference Michael Phelps in every one of my episodes because I'm just a huge fan of his, but before his races, he was always known to have the big headphones over his swim cap to be motivated to go into the race and hype him up. I think he was listening to rap and Lil Wayne, but it's so interesting how there are different ways that music and sports can motivate can help you emote can help you process so 
I guess, what have you seen so far in the sports world with athletes and using music to, I guess, just tap into those emotions? Yeah, that's the thing is, so a lot of the stuff I've been looking at is around that emotional side of, and I, we might have spoken about this on Instagram before, I've read so many books where it's like, forget about your emotions, you know, if you show your emotions, you lose. That's worse. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and it's so dry I was really surprised I must admit because I'm coming from that kind of emotional intelligence side and that's where music can help us to explore our emotions to you can change the way that you want to feel and that's why my podcast is called be your own dj because you can you can't change what's happening to you but you can change the way that you perceive it and you you can to a certain extent change the way that you feel through the music you listen to So in the sports world, that's where it can really work. You know, whatever your what your goal is, whether say it's like pre-competition, you know, and you've got Mm. nerves there and you might feel that you're actually running at such a high energy that you then want to use music to just calm that down a bit. You don't then want to pop on something else that's going to make that go out of control. But that's so subjective. Someone else might feel that actually they need something to really pump them up to get them going. And I think that's from what I've been reading, from talking with people as well. That's kind of the power of music. There's there's so much that obviously we'll talk about. But in terms of, yeah, the emotional side and actually getting you ready for that, that race or that training that you're about to do that's where it can then start tapping into your emotions and and help you kind of explore that a bit you know you can use music to explore how you're feeling how you want to feel it's yeah it's really powerful in that regard so that's really interesting can you explain a little more how you can use music to change the way you feel yeah so this is something that I'm really keen to look at and it's something I use a lot myself so I use um desire mapping I don't know if you've come across Danielle Laporte so again she's not in the sports world and most of the stuff that I do is things that I've been looking at that I'm like actually this is really applicable in the sports world um so she talks about you're not chasing the goal so whatever your goal is whether it's to win the race or the medal or you're chasing the feeling that comes with that goal (laughs) so kind of turning it a bit on its head and you start to look at how do I want to feel so you you kind of turn inwards a bit and look at you know how do you want to feel every single day regardless of whether you reach that goal or not I think a lot of us often think about I'm going to feel this way when I reach that goal and you kind of you forget about the journey to that so it's like how do you want to feel every day and literally you know even just starting your day by writing down you know I want to feel this this and this and then turning to music often music that you know so familiar music that you know is going to help you feel that way that you want to feel you know that can really help with your mindset uh, Rocky is a it's such a cliche yes. <laughs> but you want to feel like strong or you know yeah, the like you're a winner you might, yeah, you might turn to Eye of the Tiger <laughs> because you have associations with that. And if you've seen the film, you've got visual representation. You can then start to feel that way. And that then will enhance your performance to a certain degree because you're going into it with that mindset. And, you know, mindset's so important alongside physical training, but actually getting your mind in, in the right sort of, yeah, frame of, frame of mind to then go into that task. That's so interesting. And I I think 
you're totally spot on. You're, you're chasing that feeling, not necessarily having the ribbon or trophy. Sure. Those are nice, but there's actually research that equates that high feeling of winning with releases of uh, morphine actually. So it's like, okay, it actually is an addiction. (laughs) Yeah. That's the thing. And then it's like, well, what if you get injured or you can't race or you can't train or for whatever reason, then just think how how that's going to make you feel in terms of that negative impact whereas if you focus on actually this this these are my core desired feelings this is what I want to feel and then you're striving for that and you know obviously you have goals but they're we call them like goals with soul that you've chosen how you want to feel first and then you're making you're putting your goals and everything just becomes aligned that's that's really interesting and and powerful too because not even for the positive moments of how you want to feel when you win but like you said if you're injured or you lost the championship match or whatever situation you're going through that are the pitfalls as an athlete i guess you can also use music too to process through that situation and then identify the way that you want to feel about it yeah exactly and that's you know i put out a post on instagram i think a couple of days ago about exactly about that about you know what happens if you lose a match or you don't win the race or you don't sort of yeah that training session doesn't go the way that you want it's then actually you can turn to music you know you can you can use music in different ways whether it matches the mood that you're in you know sometimes it's okay to sit with that you're feeling crappy and acknowledge that you don't have to then always be in a high energy and you know crap stuff happens and then but it's okay I'm I'm feeling great you know that's just not natural is it you can use music to then kind of just sit with those feelings for a bit but then you can also use the music to be like okay well this is how I'm feeling I don't want to feel this way I want to feel this other way and I want to pick myself back up again so I'm now going to use music to then yeah change my emotions and transform them to the way that I want to feel I think that this is the most efficient way to manage your emotions. Like the way that you're describing it and how you can use the desire mapping to identify the way that you want to feel. And maybe it it happens as immediate as this, but simply turning on that song or turning on that playlist or hearing those chords, to me, that's the most intuitive, fastest way to get there. Not that therapy doesn't work, not that you know, journaling doesn't work or other modalities don't work, but without any vocabulary or words, just the beat or the notes or the chords, it's, it speaks to humans in a way that's so natural that gets us to those feelings fastest. Yeah, that's the thing. And sometimes it can sound so simple. And I think at times you might be like, well, why haven't I done this? Because so say, for example, yesterday, I've been really tired and kind of drained I don't want to feel that way. <laughs> Not many of us do. And so then I, I chose rock music and I turned to like Blink-182. Yes. And I put on that music, I have memories that are associated with that, you know, positive memories. I know that within kind of a minute of the first song, I'm get, I can't help but feel good. <laughs> and it will lift you out of that funk. And it's sometimes we take it for granted, but it is really powerful in that way. Mm-hmm. And so also maybe it's my own perception, but I don't feel like people initially think of music as a modality to go to, like kind of what I mentioned, there are other ways that people typically go for that self-care, self-help, journaling, whatever it happens to be. 
therapy, counseling, mentorship, going for a walk. There's like all of these other suggestions on how to work through your emotions. So how can people and specifically athletes grow their awareness that they can tap into music as a resource that's probably more effective and better in managing their emotions than some of these more traditional ways? Yes, I mean, definitely can be used alongside, you know, like none of them kind of need to stand out in their own right, I think they're definitely we can kind of mix them up, you know, journaling is a great way to process emotions. And then maybe that's a kind of a starting point or having these type of conversations to start delving into your emotions, because it's one thing to say, turn to music and feel the way you want to feel. But actually, (laughs) without taking that time to journal to vision make you know I don't know if many people do that in kind of the the sports arena but actually visioning where do you see yourself going feeling that feel the feeling that you want to you want to have until you do that you can't then really use music in in this respect in terms of kind of feelings based Um, and that's sort of the mission that I'm on so you were saying about you know how do people even know to Mm -hmm. sort of turn to this there's not although there's a lot of research out there there's not that much guidance from what I can see so that's something that I'm really keen to start changing is to actually like doing things like this coming onto podcasts putting out messages on social media so that people just start to become more aware in the sports world how you can tap into music and kind of and start being in control a bit of your emotions through the music you listen to rather than you know, if you're going to the gym or wherever, just happening to have music on in the background, it's actually like, no, you can be in charge of this. You can control your training, how you feel, whatever kind of desired performance outcomes you want. And obviously it's not a magic bullet, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not to replace like physical training or coaching. And <laughs> but but it is you can use it in such a way that it can it can enhance your performance. Yeah. And this is kind of funny, but I have three playlists on my Spotify account for feeling low, feeling in the middle, and then feeling very positive. So I call Mm -hmm. them in it, like in my feelings. And those are my power ballads. (laughs) Then I have (laughs) through it where it's like, okay, I'm kind of singing the other side. And then I have thriving where I have like the sunshine, happy songs. Yeah, that's incredible (laughs) I think that's a good way and I think you know in terms of like when you're training as well thinking of it like that so thinking of it kind of like a curve you know you want to start off with music that's going to make you feel motivated um you know as like professional athletes maybe you you're already kind of you're motivated to go out there but for those of us that are more amateur we need something maybe to even want us to to do the exercise in the first place and to get out there. Mm-hmm. But, but whatever your, your level is, you're going to want something to start off with, something that's going to start to increase your heart rate, to, to bring back those positive memories that you might already have, you know, whatever it is, going out with your mates, going clubbing or whatever it is that is going to make you start to feel that kind of that high energy. And then it's going to start to go up. So as you're increasing your training and your um, your endurance, you're going to match the music to fit with that. And there'll be a peak. 
where kind of yeah it's it's high energy it's positive music it's those positive lyrics um and then it's going to start to come back down so when you're kind of getting nearer to finishing that session to cooling down you don't want to necessarily finish at that kind of high vibe everything's you know just going <laughs> up and up you then want to bring it back down again so you want to have like a yeah a third playlist which is more of a slower um tempo calmer just kind of helping you to ground yourself a bit so that that way of having kind of three different types of podcasts works really well in a training session too. <laughs> ah, that's super interesting. I wish I knew that when I was training 10, 15 years ago. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's more and more research that's coming out, but it just feels like the re uh, this happens a lot with with kind of academic research is that then it doesn't get put into practice. It's like, actually, let's take that and put that knowledge out there. <laughs> yeah. And I guess stepping back from a broader perspective of humans and music, like why is it so natural to humans? Like I even go back to like the caveman days and I think of tribal drumming or using sticks and rocks to make beats and make music. And then I also think of, I don't know if you've seen the movie, The Wolf of Wall Street, but the scene yes. with, <laughs> with Matthew McConaughey and Leonardo DiCaprio where he goes, mm-hmm. <laughs> Like it's something so small, but <laughs> it changes the whole situation. So I guess just from a broader perspective of humans and music, like why is music so intrinsic to us and natural to us? It's such an innate thing. And I think you might've hit on it earlier is that you were saying, you know, it's kind of without communication, like we don't need to communicate with one another. You could go to another part of the world and not speak someone's language but be able to communicate musically and that's because it's such an innate part of us is you know our, our heartbeats <laughs> we have a heartbeat we walk to a certain tempo we feel you feel music you know mm -hmm. it can make you move obviously yeah going back to like caveman days it was a way of communicating with one another of, yeah, war, you know, kind of the, the call to war would be through that and that kind of like power that comes with it, which then incidentally in kind of music nowadays, there's a lot of research around like music with a heavy bass can give you a feeling of power. And it's because of that, it goes back to that innate and you can feel it, you know, you feel the vibrations and that actually resonates with you physically. So there is, even if you're not musical or you don't, mm -hmm. a lot of people say they're not musical because they don't play an instrument, but that doesn't mean that you're not musical. <laughs> Music really, or you're, you know, people say I'm, I'm tone deaf, I can't sing a note. That doesn't mean that you're not musical. You can still feel it in your body and you, and you can't, you can't control the way that your body and mind respond to music. And that's the power of it. And it, yeah, it goes back to the caveman days. <laughs> it's kind of, it's built into us. <laughs> So, and I guess talk about a little bit of your experience with dementia care, because I think that's super fascinating too. Just what you said, you can't really control how you respond to music. So how, how do people and elders with dementia use music to, I guess, connect neural pathways or what, I guess what happens in that space? Yeah. So the fascinating thing, and I can kind of link this to sports in some respect too, and you can sort of see where okay. my is going, is that the great thing about music is that if you think of like your brain, like a Christmas tree <laughs> with sort of the, maybe the lights are flickering if you're living with dementia, when you listen to music for any of us, when we listen to music, it lights up various parts of the brain at the same time. So it's like, 
it's like a full workout for your mind and it, it operates it kind of it, it lights up both areas of the brain at the same time if we're living with dementia often if we go with the christmas tree analogy so maybe some of those lights are a bit dimmer than others some of them are brighter but when you're listening to music it can still reach parts of that damaged brain that other forms of communication can't Mm. and it's scientifically proven that that's what happens so music compared with other forms of communication can still help to bring back memories can you know help to bring back well not even bring to tap into a emotions you know the emotions are still there um and that's kind of the the power in in dementia care is how it can it can reach those parts of the brain so you know there are different neural pathways that are maybe damaged but music can still get through and even at end of life there's still recognition for music is preserved and I think that's because it it is so deeply ingrained in us in terms of all of us you know it's taken me so long to realize all of this research I'm looking at this is applicable to all of us but we have certain memories associated with music when we listen to music maybe from like our teens and our early 20s that's sort of like our like peak in terms of our musical memories that brings back emotions you know the memories come back you then feel that emotion and that's then where sort of I'm looking at in terms of sort of sports world is that yeah actually then like I I kind of coming back onto that feeling how you want to feel well this is what I'm seeing in dementia care is that obviously they're not always in in kind of control of choosing the music or whatever but if you know the music that's meaningful to the individual and you know that that will help to bring back positive memories you can have a stronger connection as a caregiver because you know that bit more about that individual you can then help them to bring back those positive feelings and to feel that way you know that's that's completely real the way that you're feeling (laughs) yeah I could not agree more um and I guess just flipping to the other side of the coin, what about the power of silence? Is there a space for a lack of music in just sitting in silence? Yeah, and that's the great thing about music is it's so subjective. So I often talk about, I like to have like cafe jazz when I'm doing my work. I can't work with like songs in the background because I get distracted. And if it's, whether it's a song I know or I don't know, I get distracted by the lyrics. But I can't personally, I can't work in silence. I find it really hard. Whereas other people can't work at all with music in the background. They prefer silence. And um, and although the research shows that you know listening to music is is really good for sports performance and enhancing performance, I'm sure there will be lots of people that it just doesn't resonate with and they would prefer to be in silence. Um, because that's the subjective nature of music is that it's so dependent on you as an individual and where you're at. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Interesting. And so if an athlete today who maybe has struggles with emoting, because as you've read in a lot of your resources, emotions are banned in the world of sports and they're not welcomed. And that's part of the stigma with mental health. But if an athlete wanted to learn more about using the power of music and maybe even potentially working with you, how can they read on, read up about it or find resources to just grow their knowledge of what the power of music and you can do to help their sports performance or their, you know, being as an athlete? Yeah, so they can always reach out to me on Instagram. So that's at I am Rosie Mead. And I love having conversations. You know, if anyone's got any particular questions or want to run a playlist and some past me or whatever, because 
I definitely don't want to be prescriptive with this because it really depends on on your own musical taste. Um, but there's a brilliant book. And this is what really kind of sparked my knowledge in it. So the book's called Applying Music in Exercise and Sports. And it's by Professor Cara Georges, who's at Brunel University. And he's like the expert on music in sports and exercise. And his book is just really comprehensive about the, the psychology behind why music helps in sports and exercise. He talks about individual sports, about exercise classes, about team sports and how music can help there as well. And that's really, that's the most kind of comprehensive book. I call it my Bible because I, I just go back to it time and time again. It's really inspirational. So definitely if someone's kind of interested in this area or wants to know more about it, I'd say start with Professor Cara Georges and search him on YouTube. He's done various interviews. Um, his research is yeah is the kind of the the one to go to <laughs> okay and you yourself though you're launching a coaching program for is it just athletes is it musicians is it everyone tell us about your coaching yeah so I'm working this one out at the moment so, <laughs> so I, <laughs> which is great and this is why it's great to kind of have these conversations because it just kind of gets it going so I'm really coming from the like the research um, kind of perspective around yeah how music can help us to feel the way we want to feel how we can create goals from that how we can be the, our, the best version of ourselves we have that potential in us and how music can help you with that so I've just qualified as a life uh, life coach and I'm now looking at kind of high performance coaching so really bringing in life coaching my music side the desire mapping it all kind of comes under this like high performance umbrella so I'm really honing in on working with athletes because I feel that that's a that's a particularly beneficial area and there's so much research around it um, this week I've had loads of conversation with triathletes obviously that's kind of my husband's um, background as well and just realizing how important it can be in in that arena but sort of sports more widely um, obviously there's applications in terms of musicians so it's another aspect I'm interested in is musician well-being I think there's so many crossovers between mm -hmm. musicians and sports um, professionals in terms of being at your A game, being the best, but also focusing on your soul. So I've come up with a strap line for my business and it's soulful high performance because I, I wanna go against the books that are like, don't show emotion. There was one book I read and uh, what did he say in it? Winning isn't the stuff of your dreams. It's the stuff of your nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> and I was oh like, oh no, this isn't. And he was talking about, you know, think of it like a mountain. And when you get, it takes ages and ages of pain to get to that winning, that thing you want to win. And then the minute you win, you're right back to the bottom again. And he's like, never take your eye off the ball. Like never celebrate <laughs> winning. Wow, intense. Yeah, it was intense. But actually it was a really good book for me to read because it's, it's really honed my own thoughts <laughs> in terms of realizing that's not the model that I want to follow. Um, and, and there's so many crossovers with musicians in that space as well, that kind of, yeah, tapping into your soul, you know, you can tap into how you want to feel, you can tap into your emotions, and you can still achieve your best, and perhaps maybe be more likely to achieve your best and feel good while you're doing it. <laughs> yes, and that's so true with athletes and musicians, like in the research that I've been doing about athletes and the athlete identity. I've been trying to draw a parallel between athletes and any other group of people who are the most similar. And in my opinion, I think professional musicians 
are the most similar. They, they have a coach or a band leader. They are so attentive to detail on their craft, whether it's the violin or, you know, the breaststroke or whatever it happens to be. They're in a group setting. They have a performance at the end of the season. There's so many parallels. And then I think of the movie Whiplash. I don't know if you've seen Whiplash. No, I haven't. Oh, you, you would love it. It's, it came out in 2014, I think, but it's about this jazz drummer who is like, he's young in this college setting and he wants to join this really high level band, but it's all of these like first chairs and they're all super good at what they do. And this band leader is so like, just drives them so hard to be the best. And he's, he's kind of a jackass a little bit, but without spoiling anything, it just goes through his journey of the intensity of becoming the best jazz drummer he can possibly be and the relationship between him and his band leader. But I, I genuinely think if you swap that drummer out with a gymnast or a diver or a soccer player, the whole plot line is perfectly streamlined. It's perfectly parallel to sports and music. And I just think it's such a good movie. In my opinion, it has one of the best movie endings of all time. So definitely oh, watched yeah. it. But <laughs> yeah, I think athletes and musicians are very, very similar. Yeah, there's so many crossovers and there's a great book that I can't remember what it's called now. And it talks about how baseball players and musicians are really similar. And um, and I think there was a, a famous baseball player who was who also then when he retired, went on to be a really good musician. And, oh. uh, and I can't remember his name now, but that book is fascinating because it just condensed all of that. Like we were talking about all of the, the things that I was thinking in terms of the similarities. And there really are. And I think it, both fields are so competitive that you uh -huh. tend to lose you focus so much on that goal you lose track of yourself and you know why are you even doing this <laughs> like what and I think sometimes that's why I, I feel I'm maybe like really best positioned as a coach because I'm not in the sports arena I'm in the I'm in the music field but even then I never wanted to become a professional musician because I I stepped away from that competitive world and performance nerves and and just realized that wasn't that wasn't going to tick the way that I wanted to feel um but I think sometimes having that outsider who isn't in the sports arena to then kind of delve deeper into these questions about yeah like mm -hmm. what is it about this this particular goal you know why are you chasing this dream is not because of the thing necessarily it's because of that way you want to feel and that's right. that's so applicable to sports and musicians too and I'm curious what does your husband say about the work that you're doing what is his take on especially being a triathlete what does he think yes it's really interesting so he's being my guinea pig at the moment <laughs> <laughs> so I'm doing coaching with him right now and we're looking at this kind of yeah how to feel motivated to we're looking at kind of morning exercise you know how do you feel motivated to to get out and do exercise because when when you're exercising if you're you know if you're used to training during the training that's not the issue but sometimes especially you know so many triathletes they're not necessarily paid to be triathletes they've got work they've got families um and you know I'm sure it's the same in, in many sports professions as well unless you're kind of the top of your game you're juggling so many other balls as well it's you're not able to kind of just focus on that one activity all the time yeah. so it's then looking at well how can you then sort of prioritize that how can you feel motivated to do the exercise something we talk a lot about because obviously in 
or in any running event, I think, and, and definitely in triathlon, you can't listen to music. So it's, um, I say it's illegal. That's probably too strong a word. <laughs> but <laughs> it's illegal not to, you can't listen to music. And so that's something that we're, we're trying to work through is actually, then if you can't listen to music during an event, how can you use music sort of in terms of your training um, to yeah. then be at that point where it's okay to go out and do an event without music on? So you, you don't want to use it in such a way that you become so reliant on it. Um, and so I'm going off on like a, a different subject, but it comes under that kind of, they're the discussions that, yeah, that we've been having is so looking at actually you know, training sometimes, especially high impact, um, high intensity training doing that kind of training sometimes without music because then if you know that you can kind of get through that and you can you can beat your pb or, or whatever it is your outcome then when you do train with music it should it really should make that easier but also you know then when you're doing lower intensity or high intensity events you know that you can do it without music um and so i think it's yeah it's really beneficial in training but you don't want to become reliant on it so that like if you didn't have that music you wouldn't be able to perform at your best um and you said earlier about being in silence you know sometimes earworms can be a great thing <laughs> really really bad thing and there's nothing you can do about them you know there's there's no scientific evidence about how you can control earworms but if you know that there's there's a particular piece that you really resonate with or it makes you feel the way you want to feel try to get that in your head <laughs> So that then when you're doing that event, you know, a swimming would be a great example of it. You can't, you can't have music on <laughs> while you're swimming, but you could get a particular song in your head. And if that makes you feel the way you want to feel, then try and get that to stick and try and focus on that. Um, the same, you know, linking it in with like visualizations, that kind of thing. Yeah. Then have that song going in your head and it can help you be in the zone, even when you're in silence. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so interesting. And do you have a favorite song by chance? So this is weird. So this is my favorite song, but it's not one I'd work out to. So <laughs> Just Like Heaven by The Cure. So The Cure are my favorite band. Okay. And, uh, even my kids know that if mummy's in a little bit of a grumpy mood, <laughs> if we're in the car, they'll turn on The Cure. And uh, because they know that that's, that's the thing that makes me feel good. That's awesome. <laughs> I do, there's something about that song that just I turn it up and I feel good um but in terms of kind of working out I wouldn't have a particularly favorite song but I'd often use like club music or I personally I find um music with like strong lyrics so things like um Proud by Heather Small I like things like that that they're not a fast tempo um the other one is something inside so strong things like that that kind of just make you feel uplifted so they're the things that I turn to when I'm working out and you know and I probably I don't think I said it at the beginning I'm not a professional <laughs> I do a little bit of strength training and sometimes I go out on my bike <laughs> oh that's awesome <laughs> yeah but yeah I mean The Cure are my favorite band that's what makes me feel good which yeah. is weird they, I think they were classed as the most depressing band <laughs> but I personally I don't feel that way when I listen to them <laughs> So the cure is your cure. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> awesome. Well, this has been super insightful, helpful. Thank you so much for joining us. Athletes, if you're listening, 
the power of music, as you can already hear from Rosie, it's so powerful. Sometimes there's no vocabulary even to ascribe to it. So I think the power of music is more of an untapped, undiscovered part of performance and just emotions in general. So if you're listening to this episode, please check out the links. Again, I will include everything um, about Rosie and her coaching business, her website and her social media in the show notes. So you can contact her and stay up to date on the research that she's doing. So uh, thank you so much for having me on. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us. I think this is, it's just so interesting to me. So thank you so much.